We have a new subreddit today. Nuclear Revenge. This shit hit different. Please enjoy. Why we don't see Uncle Mark anymore. Story by Last Background 8641. So. This was told to me by my dad over a drink recently. He'd gotten a little drunk and ended up admitting it to me, said it's been too long now and he'd paid the consequences so there was nothing to come back on him, the only reason I'm posting this. Uncle Mark was my favorite uncle when I was a child, he always invited me around to show me his airsoft gun collection, hide and seek parties with my friends and even took us to the beach. He would always come with sweets for us and acted like one of us, another child who just wanted to have fun. But then. The day I, seven years old, was meant to be going around because we were going for a ride to this amazing place. My dad was happy and cheerful for the entire day, he was going on about how much he loved the fact his brother wanted to be in his children's life. Until he got a call. I was in my room, packing my stuff when I heard the most blood-curdling scream from my dad, he was screaming and raging, I heard him rip open our front door and slam it back shut with enough force to make the picture next to it fall off the wall. I didn't see my dad for a long while after that, and he never told me why until we had this talk, but that shall be explained at the end. Mom had a lot of money saved up from a minor lotto win so we were okay she always smiled and said daddy is just away for a little while because he was looking after me and my siblings whenever I asked where he was. Uncle Mark didn't come around either during this time, but we did see him in town a couple of times. Funnily enough, he ran away the moment my mom saw me waving at him. Nine months later, dad came home and I excitedly ran and hugged him, he hugged me right on the back with a good squeeze. We had a party to celebrate his coming home, we had party food and cake and all the usual stuff, I was just happy my dad was home though. A week or so later, dad sat me down with the other children and explained that Uncle Mark wouldn't be coming around anymore, when asked why, he just said Uncle Mark was a bad person and that if he ever tried to talk to us, we were to ignore him and come find one of them. We all agreed because my dad always knew best after all. One day, a year or so later, nine at this point, I'm coming out of school to wait for my parents to pick me up, my other siblings were either at secondary school or too young for school so it was just me, I see Uncle Mark stood there with a big grin. I get nervous when he comes up to me, saying he's here to take me for a ride, I tell him I'm not supposed to talk to him, that he's a bad person like my dad said. Uncle Mark got this scary look on his face for a second, then told me it was all good and his parents had changed their mind and made to take my hand. That's when I saw my dad just appear. My dad punched Uncle Mark right in the face and little old me saw blood fly as Uncle Mark went sprawling. I didn't see much after that except Uncle Mark running away with my dad chasing him. He came back after a little while, sighed, and took me in a hug. He told my mum to take me home and that he'd see us later. I don't know why, but I knew there, and then it would be a long time before I ever saw my dad again. And I was right. Five years. Five years after my dad was gone, my mum eventually admitted to us that he was in prison for protecting us and we all guessed he'd done something to Uncle Mark. And he had. Turns out Uncle Mark liked kids. He liked them a lot. And that day I was meant to go to his house, my aunt, Uncle Mark's wife, had called my dad and told him she'd found some pictures under her and Mark's bed of children and she was scared of what to do because Mark was a big man and it was later revealed he abused her so she was scared to call the police on him, and my dad had gone into a rage and stormed over to his house. He'd smashed in the door to find Uncle Mark screaming at my aunt as she waved the pictures around in hysterics. My dad had beaten Uncle Mark within an inch of his life, Uncle Mark screaming he'd make him pay as the police had arrested my dad. Messed up thing was, by the time my dad had explained why he had done it, Mark managed to get the pictures, burned them, and scared his wife into saying nothing so there was no evidence. 
My dad was sent down for assault but made sure my other uncles and older cousins were around to protect us in case Mark came back. But oh no. Mark waited until my dad thought we were safe. And then, according to my dad, had come to kidnap me from the school right under their noses. Who would stop him? People didn't believe my dad when he explained Mark was a predator, they thought he was just excusing himself for attacking him. After all, the police hadn't found anything and his wife said my dad was a liar, whereas my dad was the big angry guy with a few assaults under his belt already. So all they saw was my nice uncle here to pick me up. He had gotten away from my dad at school, my dad had tripped and it gave him the chance to run. But my dad knew where he would go. New Uncle Mark would run home to hide and more than likely destroy any evidence he had gotten since destroying the last lot. He also knew the police would be on his tail for the attack on the school so he didn't have long. The difference was, though, my dad had his car while Uncle Mark was on foot. So, he drove over and demanded to know if my aunt was going to lie again, after what Uncle Mark had just tried to pull. Now, I don't like my aunt much after what she pulled the first time, but I think at that moment she really realized what a monster my uncle was. He was willing to do this to her nephew just for pathetic revenge for being called out as a predator. She said she wouldn't stop my dad or save Mark this time. My dad ordered her to get all the evidence she could as he waited for Mark to appear. She came back down with pictures. Lots of pictures. He then told her to go, wait one hour and then call the police. He was ending this. And as Uncle Mark appeared, my dad, who had been waiting behind the wall of his garden, slammed him through the door of his house and then proceeded to beat him to death in his doorway, he apparently towards the end couldn't see the floor through the blood. My dad was arrested for murder and did so without resistance, only saying he wished they'd done his job for him. But when it was revealed that Uncle Mark was indeed a predator who had attempted to kidnap me and the fact that they had to face the fact they had allowed a predator to run free, he was instead charged with manslaughter, his lawyer stated my father had gone into a protective rage and had only intended to render him harmless. Funnily enough, no one argued in defense of the predator for my dad getting the murder charges. He said he didn't regret it, but that he wished he had done something else purely so that he didn't miss out on so much of my life. I told him I was forever going to be proud of him for that, and that I loved him. I was a bit shocked I wasn't told just what Uncle Mark was for so long. But my dad asked if it would have made it any better to be told as a child what he really was, or now as a man who can handle the truth. And he was right. I as a child would not have been able to mentally handle it. I'm barely able to handle it now. TLDR, my uncle was a predator, dad found out and beat the stuffing out of him. My uncle tried to kidnap me in revenge and ended up dead. Pervy ex-stepfather gets his just desserts, a nuclear revenge tale that took 15 years to pay off. Story by Lucario underscore Stormblade. Hey people. This nuclear revenge tale took 15 years to finally resolve, and I couldn't be happier. First, some background is needed to get the setup. My ex-stepfather I refused to acknowledge that he married my mother, and since my mother is deceased, I shouldn't have to anymore, is an awful man. My mother married him because she thought I needed a man in my life to help raise me. He was abusive verbally and was just a toxic person to be around. Even when my mother and he divorced, he still insisted on trying to see me, and I had to be forced to go see him and his new wife every other weekend. When I moved away from the city he was in, Due to me ending up in foster care, I didn't bother looking him up, nor trying to find out if he was even still alive. So, when I moved back in 2008, I was kinda surprised to find out he was still alive. Sorry for this lead up, but this is where the foundation of this revenge takes place. When I moved back to the city, I had worked my arse off and bought myself my first car, a 1992 Buick Regal Custom. 
I loved that car, and I also loved helping people out, which was easier with a car. Well, my ex-stepdad knew about the car, because he had seen me driving around town, running errands for the local homeless shelter where I volunteered, taking guys to the doctor's office when they didn't want to wait on a bus, and stuff like that, and he was a resident at the said shelter. Through my volunteer work at the shelter, I befriended a couple of young guys who had landed on hard times and were just working odd jobs to save up some money to move back to their hometown, the same town I had moved back to the city from. After hearing about this, and their plans to just get a greyhound down there, I told them no, that I would actually drive them there for like $40 in gas, saving them about $250. We made arrangements, and set a date for their departure. Apparently, my ex-stepdad heard about this, so he cornered them in the shower that night, told them that he was going to have his way with them and that I would be expecting the same kind of payment when I got them to that town. When they refused, he threatened to kill them, so they finally accepted. When I pulled up to pick them up the next morning, I can tell the air was off, like something had happened. Yesterday, these two guys were eager to leave this city behind, and now, they treated my car as if it had lived vipers in the passenger seat. So, I asked them what was up. They told me they didn't know about leaving the city with me, and I assured them it would be fine, not knowing what my ex-stepdad had done the night prior. After a little coaxing and me mentioning that the Greyhound doesn't even run to where they were trying to go, they loaded up my trunk, and off we went. I could feel the tension in the car, and it had become so thick, that you could slice through it using a hydrojet. After we crossed into the neighboring state, they asked me if I could just drop them off at a hotel, and they would try to find other accommodations down to where they were going. I said I wouldn't mind, but wanted to know what brought on the sudden change of plans. After a tearful choking up in the back seat, they told me what had transpired the night before with my ex-stepdad, and I saw red. Ooh, I absolutely despise this man. I wanted to, no, I needed to hurt him, but how? After assuring the two boys that they were going to be fine and that I wasn't even about to put them through what he did, they finally allowed me to take them all the way to their town. I instructed them to file assault charges against him and to make sure they submit DNA samples to the police, and they assured me they would. On the way back, I plotted my revenge against him, and that's when it dawned on me, my ex-stepdad was a registered offender for some stupid night when he was 16. He had told me before that he was caught urinating on an elementary school swing set as a youth, and had to register that was the main reason I ended up in foster care, to begin with, something about child endangerment, bureaucratic BS. I also know, that he didn't register in our state for the last couple of years, because, had he did, he would have been kicked out of the shelter he was staying in since they do a three times a day, seven days a week, community outreach meal for not only the residents but those who needed a hot meal that day, which would also include children. So, on the way back, I informed the Office of Admissions staff that they had an offender in their shelter, and if they didn't get him out, I would report the shelter to the police they had one of those safe spot stickers designating the shelter as a safe space for kids. Did I forget to mention that this shelter also ran a youth summer camp, and had a youth correctional facility and the library right next to it? They took action almost immediately, but when they went to evict him, he was nowhere to be seen. He had taken off, not to be seen again. Or so I thought. You see, when he vanished from the shelter that day, he thought the safest place to hide out was in his hometown, nine states away. A smarter person would have looked up what his registration entailed and would have known that fleeing across state lines without informing law enforcement is a felony, and it doesn't just stop at the state one left but carries over to every state between the point of origin and destination. So, he had racked up nine plus felony charges against him, just for that little jaunt, they said they had two counts of statutory on him, and three counts of felony evasion. I mentioned his failure to register, and the day he left my hometown, he had run to his hometown, nine states away.
The county sheriff informed me that he was calling from that county, and he wasn't aware of the failure to register charges but thanked me for informing him. Ladies and gentlemen, that dirtbag that nearly ruined my life, my trust with other people, and my reputation in my hometown were finally getting what is owed to him, 25 to life for everything, and isn't eligible for parole for another 17 years, if he lives that long. He is better off rotting in the depths of Tartarus, for the lives he ruined. Terrible boss gets his comeuppance. Story by Almost Fungible. TLDR at the end, names have been changed and locations obfuscated to protect all parties, etc. Setting, high-volume independent tire shop in northern New England, circa 2012. We'll call it 123 Tire. Target, evil general manager. We'll call him Jay. Aggrieved parties, basically everybody that worked there at the time, but mainly myself and the receptionist. We'll call her Ruth. Backstory. So Jay had been the GM of 123 Tire since he got the previous GM fired in 2004. He was slash is a complete narcissist who believed he could do no wrong, and if you didn't agree with him, God helps you. Over the years, Jay had done a number of illegal things. For example, he was always very physical with his employees. One time, he was wrestling with another salesman, this was commonplace and unavoidable if you valued your job, and the salesman, we'll call him Paul, took a bad fall and broke his knee. In order to avoid the ire of the owner, we'll call him Lou, Jay immediately clocked Paul out and told him to go to the hospital. He also told Paul to use his own insurance, and that the company would pay the deductible in order to avoid a messy workers' comp claim. Paul did as he was told and kept his job, but his knee was never the same and he ended up addicted to opioids thanks to Jay's actions. Jay also had an affinity for the ladies. Now I must mention here that Jay is an ultra-conservative Christian father of 11 children, who believe that a woman's place is uneducated, barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen. That being said, several female receptionists came and went over the years with only Ruth sticking around because she needed the money and begrudgingly accepted the regular sexual harassment. When he wasn't behaving inappropriately with every lady that walked in the door, he was behaving inappropriately with every other employee. Wanna leave early on a slow day? Wrestle the biggest guy in the shop for it. Jay was big on wrestling, I suspected Jay may also have been wrestling with his daughters, but couldn't prove it. The guy was a real creep. The big guy isn't in that day? Buy him a pizza. Trying to have lunch? Expect Jay to throw food at you. Want to schedule a vacation? Tough. He'll let you know the week before if you can take it. He was a complete child, and I put up with him for six long years because I couldn't let him win. The setting. It was the summer of 2012, and Ruth and I had had enough. Jay was completely out of control, as usual, now telling me, a Latino, that if Obama won re-election, he would make my work life hell come November. Ruth was going through a divorce, and he was trying to move in on her, for the record, Ruth hated Jay's guts. It was time to hit him where it hurt. Ruth was ready to drop a lawsuit for sexual harassment on Jay and 123 Tire, and I was ready to drop one for constructive discharge. Now suing an employer doesn't exactly look good on one CV, but we were both at wit's end. The revenge. Ruth and I decided, one evening, that Jay's ultra-conservative values must be shared by his wife and family. As he was always working, his wife must be the one who goes to the mailbox every day. I created a throwaway email and got him a Bill Me Later subscription to Hustler Magazine. And Playboy. And Penthouse. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and he comes in looking like death warmed over. Turns out, Mrs. Jay didn't appreciate his new taste in reading material, and he's now living in a motel in the next town over. Now he's not saying that his wife kicked him out, he's far too much of a narcissist for that, but I could put two and two together. He's decided that he's done with his wife and 11 children and that he is going to start a new life with Ruth.
After all, her divorce is going to be finalized at the end of the week. It was at this point that Lou's sister, co-owner of 123 Tire and not a big fan of Jay, we'll call her Liz, overheard him talking to Ruth in a less than business appropriate manner. Liz later took Ruth aside and got the straight poop on what had been happening for the last several years, and that was that. The next morning, Lou called Jay to his office and was far kinder than I would have been. Jay was to lose his title of GM and go to work in another 123 tire location an hour away until the end of the year. Beginning in 2013, Jay would need to find other employment. Jay was also not to contact the location that he had overseen and worked in for years. Also, the location that Jay was relocated to added an hour to his already hour-long commute. I suspect that Lou also encouraged Jay to reconcile with his wife, which Jay did. Epilogue. Jay ended his employment with 123 Tire in January 2013, and never suspected any involvement from me. In fact, to this day, he stays in occasional contact with me. He went on to work for another tire store, this one a corporate chain, as a store manager. Put his house on the market, bought a new one closer to his new employer, and everything. A year later he was fired after bringing a seven-figure lawsuit against them. They settled out of court, and he moved back to the house he was in before, as it hadn't sold. Jay's next job was five minutes from his home, and his new boss was, the guy that Jay had gotten fired back in 2004. That one lasted a couple of years until Jay gave up on finding employment in the area and moved himself and the whole family to the Midwest sometime around 2016. Now in the Midwest, Jay has been unable to keep a job in the car business for more than a year, and as soon as each of his kids turns 18, they seem to move right back to the area they grew up in. His New England home sold in 2019 for less than he bought it for. Ruth still works for 123 Tire and is very happy there now, the icing on the cake. In early 2021, I finally left my job at 123 Tire, sold my house, and became a full-time RVer. I've seen 47 U.S. states, including the Midwestern state, and town, that Jay now resides in. I looked him up when I got there, and he came to see me after he got out of work in my new RV. He said, boy, you must really think something of me to look me up and want to see me all the way out here. If he only knew half of it. TLDR, got my tyrant ultra-conservative boss fired by sending him dirty magazines at his expense. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.